Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. We will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. My name is Gail. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I am a 100-pounder. And to qualify, hi, everybody. To qualify, um, I came into Overeaters Anonymous. I was on my way to 300 pounds, and my abstinence date is February 21st, 1989. I celebrated 32 years of abstinence um, a few weeks ago. Thank you, God. It's all God, in my opinion. Um, as I said, I, I was pushing almost 300 pounds. I'm right, currently just a little bit more than half that size now. So I'm a normal-sized person. I walk around as a normal-sized person these days. So I'll tell you what I was like. Not what it was like, but what I was like. That's nice. Okay. I um, had a a really strange relationship with food ever since I was to remember. And my thing was I always thought there was something wrong with the other person. So let's say in grade school – we would go for ice cream, and I would want a half gallon, even at eight years old, and my friends wanted one scoop, and I thought there's something wrong with them. I'm getting to a point, you know, by saying this. So I um, was was fat as a child, then I was thin, and I was fat and thin. I have no idea. I have no idea why I would get thin and then fat again, and then except I ate. I ate all the time, but some there was some here. Um, Photos that I've seen that are that I'm actually thin, so go figure. I didn't know that until I looked for photos. So um, my relationship with food was based on the fact that I needed a numb out because I did not feel safe ever. I did not feel safe in my childhood. I was not beaten. My parents did not drink. I just felt that they were incompetent parents, and I felt scared all the time because I felt that I wasn't being protected. And there was nothing to protect me from. It's just that's where, that's the way I felt. I felt that I could not count on them for protection. And that's what parents are supposed to do. So um, I ate and I ate. I um, Age 10, I was thin. Age 12, I um, started working in my father's cousin's bakery because the family needed money. And that's where I found my drug of choice. So I ate and ate and ate. As soon as I got to the job, I I waited on customers and I ate and I ate. I would take home groceries for the family and put it in my bedroom, did not share any of the groceries. I remember bringing home two bags. I, I worked after school and I worked on weekends. I would bring home bags of groceries and put them in my bedroom and eat. And that made me feel safe. The girth around me made me feel safe. I um I spent my high school years at 240 pounds and my life I did not know it at the time but my life was eating and that's about it. I could not relate to other people. I could not date because nobody wanted to date me. I could not concentrate in school. I was Black sheep in the family, not because I acted out, but because I just kind of stayed in the corner. I felt so less than that I stayed in the corner and just never talked. 
never asked for what I wanted, never spoke, never – I just didn't feel like I was going to get my needs met anyway, so I just was quiet. And my, my – my, to be honest with you, my, my mouth was stuffed with food 24-7. I just, as long as I was awake, it was stuffing with food. I was just very nervous. I had eczema on my arms and my hands, and that's, that's just how I was. Um, so I went into my 20s. I got a career. And I got a career where I could sit at my desk and have food coming out of the drawers, and I could just eat. I was an entertainment business manager, accountant with a accounting degree, and I could just eat my way as I sat at my desk and bossed people around and, you know, handled money, lots of money, millions of dollars. I made a lot of money, and I used – I I bought a lot of food with it. You know, I didn't think I was worth much more than just buying a lot of food with it. So I did not date like a normal person. Just the whole – wait, Laura, I, I, I'm done? I couldn't be done. I just – oh, I did five minutes already? Good. Okay. So that's how it was. Um, it was a miserable existence, but I didn't know it because I would go to work, come home and eat. I would pass out every night, wake up in the morning and start again. And that was my life. No friend, Not very many friendships. I have to say that um, any French, any friendships that look like friendships, I, I, I went back and looked at my calendars after I became, ever after I came to OA, and my calendars had the restaurant and the time I was to meet somebody. I never had the person's name because it didn't matter to me. They were just there so I could binge. It didn't really matter who I was eating with because I binged in front of people. So now, so it was it was pretty rough. What happened? Yay! What happened, um, at age 37, my career was really booming. And um, I worked for a rock and roll band for 10 years, and we traveled the country. We traveled uh, Europe. We traveled Canada. And I ate my way through traveling. So I got up to almost 300 pounds. So, you know, looking back, I, just, I was in and out of limousines with my, with my waddling little bo- big body. And it's just, it's really sad to me, and I really have compassion for the person that I was. So um, what happened was, I was, I told this last week, though, because Jack spoke, but um, Jack is my Eskimo. Jack, thank you. Thank you. He saved my life. I was at a party. I had no, I, I failed the third tradition. I had no desire to stop eating compulsively at all, ever. Never thought about it, never dieted, never, ever, ever. So um, I was at a party, December of 1988. Jack was there drinking coffee in a styrofoam cup. And I knew him from high school when he weighed a lot, like 325 pounds. I was 240, like I said then. And I said, why aren't you eating? Because there were lots of stuff on the, on the coffee table, and I was eating it all. <laughs> so I asked him, and he said, I don't eat in between meals. And that piqued, that piqued my curiosity, and he, um, he told me about Overeaters Anonymous. All he said was he works a program, a 12-step program. I think that's what he said. I don't even know. You could ask him. But he said something like that. And I was at a party where the, the hostess was in N.A. All her friends were talking 12 steps. I did not fit in. But I also didn't have any language skills still because I was still eating. So it didn't really matter that I didn't wasn't able to socialize really with everybody. I just sat and ate anyway. So, um, but Jack was kind enough to send me a meeting list for Overeaters Anonymous. I lived in the Valley at the time. So I went to my first meeting. It took me a couple months. I went to my first meeting. 
um, on Hazeltine, and I think it's in Van Nuys, at this, this dingy little um, apartment where there was one table, chairs around it, and a light in the middle, like almost like you're being interrogated, that kind of thing. Really dingy. That was cockroaches, the whole thing. But they were they had an OA meeting, and I sat there and cried. And I don't know why, because I didn't understand what they were saying. I had no idea what they were saying. But there were two lovely ladies that were just so kind to me, and they took me to the meet to a meeting the next morning, and I found a sponsor. And I started my abstinence. I did not even want to stop eating compulsively, but I don't know what made, I think it was just I was divinely guided to this program. I was divinely guided. I just listened to what she told me to do. I was I don't I don't know why. I don't know why because I had no desire. So but she told me what to eat and I ate it. She told me what meetings to go to and I went. She told me. In 1989, we had the AA 12 and 12, the big book, and we didn't have OA books except for that Nestle chocolate book that they have with the stories. So we worked the program in the AA 12 and 12 and in the big book. And my sponsor told me to take a red pen and take a black pen and take the AA 12 and 12. I was to cross out all, when it said alcohol, and write in red, food. I was to take every paragraph and write on it. So that's what I started doing. And I heard about tools in this program. And one of the tools is writing, which I found I love to do. But one of the tools also was a phone. We got, we, we're supposed to make phone calls rather than pick up food. Eight minutes left. <clears throat> really, that's fast. Okay. So anyway, so I... I um I was dating one of the, I guess you could call it dating. It was dating at a 300 pound style. It wasn't dating like I would you know if I was not married, which I am right now. I am forever now. But um I um I was seeing a guy from that party it was in NA, and as soon as I started going to OA, his sponsor made him drop me because he wasn't allowed to date newcomers. And I thought that was crazy, and I was so angry at him and his sponsor. But what I decided to do instead of eat, which would be my normal response, because that was my response to everything, I made a phone call. And I'll never forget, her name was Pat H., and she said, write and call me back, and she hung up. Bing! We didn't have cell phones at the time, so she slammed the phone down, and I did what she told me to do. I have no, this is all divinely guided because there's not a chance that I was going to do this on my own because I didn't want to stop eating. All of a sudden, I'm eating, I'm going to fellowship and learning what a meal looks like. I had no idea. You should have seen my breakfast before OA. You, you would have died. You know, you, you wouldn't have believed that I could do what I did. I can't believe it now. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. I'm not going to say what it, what, it, what it was amazingly, oh, my God. So, and all of a sudden, I'm eating what my sponsor's telling me to eat, well, you know. So, um, anyway, so I started working the program, and getting my weight off was a scary proposition because that was my safety. And all of a sudden, I'm losing weight, and my safety's going. So I, I needed to work a real – I still need to work a really strong program. And I just kept working, and I kept saying how scared I was, and I kept working. And I got some language skills. And I'll tell you about, okay, so 
I just started working the program, and I want to say what it's like now because I'll tell you how I work my program. I work it, number one, like it's life or death. This is the most important thing in my life. There is nothing more important than my absence. There's nothing more important. And, you know, it's in the AA 12 and 12, I think it's the end of step one, it says, we are willing to do anything to lift this merciless, merciless obsession from us. And I am willing to crawl on my hands and knees if I have to, to keep abstinent, which I don't have to do anymore. There's no crazy, you know, the doctor's opinion tells me I have an allergy of the body. I have an obsession of the mind. So my allergy of the body, if I don't eat those foods that create, that create the cravings, I don't get the cravings. So I had, I had withdrawals from the flour. I had withdrawals from sugar. I had withdrawals from that, but I never got the cravings back because they never, I never took back the foods. You know, so lucky I like chicken because I've had chicken all over the world. We out my okay. So I'll tell you what it's, what I I'll tell you what it's like now, and then what how I got what I do to work my program. So I was nine years abstinent, and I started. I dated my my sponsor told me I was not allowed to date my first year of of, of abstinence. So on the 366th day. I dated, I started dating, and I, I was dating people, and, you know, it wasn't, I had no voice still, even after a year of abstinence, so I really couldn't ask for what I wanted, and I didn't, you know, it was, it was not pretty, but I got to practice a lot. So by the time I met my husband, my now husband, I was nine years abstinent, so I could actually have a regular relationship, like, like, regular meaning you, you, you court each, you, you court each other. You commit to each other, then you sleep with somebody. That never occurred to me to do that in that order, you know, and actually get engaged and then get married and have a real wedding. It just never, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that because I had no hope. I was hopeless. So I just, I never had hope like that. So um, now we've been together 23 years, married 20, and it's wonderful. So um, so it's kind of neat. I was estranged from my entire family before program and now I have a big family. I have stepkids. I have um, grandkids, and I have a really lovely life. I have friendships. Actually, too. I have friendships that I actually don't write down the restaurant anymore. I write down their names in the calendar of who I'm going to meet, but I don't put down the restaurant anymore because it's really about the connection of people. This is like amazing, you know, because the food and the fat is gone. Thank you know, and I'm grateful grateful like great very grateful so I want to say what I do every day Maxine was my sponsor for many years until she um is she's older and just you know we talk a lot but but and I do talk I've talked to her about things still she's 90 now but um but she didn't she didn't need to sponsor me any longer she didn't I don't think she sponsors people any longer so um I have a hundred pounder sponsor that I speak with but what I do every day and as soon as I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is, after I go pee, of course, excuse me for being graphic, I weigh myself and I note it because I, I, I want to be accountable. And Maxine still to this day weighs herself every day, and that's what she had me do, and that's what I do. I um, text my sponsor my breakfast because nothing goes in my mouth until my sponsor hears about it by text or by email. Nothing goes, nothing. I don't, I do not eat anything that my sponsor doesn't know about. So I sit and have breakfast with my husband. And then I go into the office, which I am in right now. I'm in my office. And I write 
to Colleen, my sponsor. I write her my weight, what my abstinence is, what my food plan is. I write to her a tenth step. I write, I'm writing now, um, I've written so many, so much step work over the 32 years. I've continuously had sponsors and I've continuously worked the steps. So now I'm writing every paragraph of the big book because I've never done the whole big book. So I'm on page 60, 64 right now of how it works. So I'm going through the entire big book. I send that to her. I send her a gratitude list. I also always want to remember that my disease wants to kill me. It wants me dead. And it wants to be miserable until I'm dead. So I always, always, always um, write that down. I write down what my disease wants to do to me because I really believe that. So I wanted sh um, just to show you my what, what my I forgot to show you the picture uh, pictures of when I weighed almost 300. So I don't know if you can see this, but I'm I'm the one in the muumuu. That's my muumuu. I was in Hawaii, and then this one is me now. That's my husband next to me. And the reason I put those two pictures together is my husband pointed out that they're the same pattern. The, 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 the bathing suit is the same exact pattern and color as my muumuu. So it's pretty neat that um, he noticed that. So anyway, so um, and this is all by God's grace. It is. It's not. It has nothing to do with anything I'm doing. It has to do. God is. You know, I had no relationship or even thought about a God, a higher power before I came into OA. But my my first sponsor, Shelley, told me that I'm to look at page 53, and it's, it says either God is everything or God is nothing. What will you choose? And I decided to choose God rather than what I did to myself. Time. Gosh. Anyway, so I could just say that this is a, this is this gift is a gift from God. My life is working today, and I work my program. And thank you, Zan, again for letting me speak. I'm finished. Thank you. <laughs>